up what up everybody what's going on man Jeez, dude let's get it <laughs> all, all right so first before things we first bro, 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 bro before we get anything else heard this the other day and i've got to ask you man um with all this stuff going on and i know you have daughters um why is there no pregnant um, barbie doll well, i don't know dude because ken came in the wrong box there you go, bro. All right, bro. That's it. That's all I have, bro. <laughs> all right. Um. Anyway, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> I couldn't help it, man. I couldn't help it. Right. Low hanging fruit today, bro. Okay. So, what time is the game tomorrow? Let's talk about that. What's up, Jared? Um. All right. All right. The game. I have it pulled up right here. Don, Don. What's up, buddy? You want to say hi? Come on, come say hi. Baby shark. Hey, Mark. How are you? you what are you up to, buddy? Are you, you being good? Yeah. Good. Yeah. You have bed head. <laughs> Your hair is crazy. Yeah, I have crazy hair, too. Yeah. We're talking about the thunder. All right. Thunder. thunder. So we have Canada versus France at 9.30 Eastern tomorrow. So we'll be. That's Dang, 8.30 dude. Central. 8.30 for me. So let's, everybody who wants to join us to watch SGA and Dort get after it. Um, let's be there. We're going to be live calling the game, hanging out. Get your stream set up. Get your calling set up. Um, dress rehearsal for the season, but obviously on its own merits, it's going to be a really exciting time. Um, like we said, eight thirty central. If you're in Oklahoma, nine thirty Eastern. Um, I, somebody from Australia, I forget who, but told us that it's going to be anywhere from four thirty to six thirty Australian time. That's exciting. Yeah, because that's prime time, baby. Mm. And then uh, you also have uh, um got a couple other games i'm excited about australian versus uh, australia versus germany i'm definitely gonna be up for that one um i know it's gonna be waking up really early in the morning but there's certain games that i you're saying over. that you wanted to do that though and I, I was thinking if i went to bed early enough i could get up at 3 30 to pull it off i mean if you can't pull it off that's okay because i know we have a lot of guys out there that will listen that are are uh from australia that will get on the the call-in show and hang out so yeah, um, make sure Dave doesn't, doesn't hang out alone if I'm not there, guys. Call in for him. <laughs> so that would be Sunday, uh, Germany versus uh, Australia. That's uh, the game that, in my opinion, is the game of the tournament, um, of the um, um, knockout round. So the first round. That's the game that everybody should be circ circling and saying, yeah, I need to watch that. Whether it's a rerun, whether it's whatever, that's the one to be watching. <laughs> I agree, man. I think... We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Um, we don't know a lot about FIBA. We do know a lot about NBA players. So, you know, these teams are loaded with NBA talent. But outside of that, when you get into some of these teams that are really good FIBA teams, but they don't have a lot of NBA players, you're going to have to teach us. Everybody out there who's been paying attention over the last decade, you know, two, three decades of, to FIBA ball. Sure. Like Dave and I are new to this. Last time we really paid attention to FIBA was, for me, 2010. That um, Russ, KD, I think Derek Rose maybe was on that team, and, and 
Who else? Steph, Kevin Love. Damn, that was a fun team Bunch. for the U.S. But. It was, man. And, and I think that, um, you know, hearing a little bit more, um, Grant Hill and, and Steve Kerr talk about the selection and how they selected this team. I mean, it makes sense. It, it does. Um, of the way they decided to to build the team for them. Um, but I, I look back at when this team was built in that 2000, you know, I, really it was the 2009, the end of 2009, that, that, that team started being built. Right. Um, and you start seeing how that, that was built, and you had all these young players. And even people are like, well, Kevin Love's not the player that he was younger. You're right. But when he was younger, he was the man. And there was a time that I wanted Kevin Love on this Oklahoma City Thunder team. You know, yeah. I just I, well, I would would have done anything to get him just because of the Russ and, and Kevin Love connection. Um, but man, that 2010 team that was exciting, man. Wasn't Derrick Rose on that team too? I I think he might have been. It was so young, so entertaining. So crazy, it was a new group of players who were clearly about to take over the NBA. Um, maybe Harden was out there too. Um, it was just like yeah, James was definitely out there. You 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 felt like it was something special, mm-hmm. and specifically Russ and KD. They showed that they were some of the best players in the whole world during that tournament, not just the best on their teams. Um, We knew that about KD, but Coach K, the way he coached Russ was just kind of like, he was like a dynamo. He's just like, get out there and, you know, put pressure on the rim relentlessly. And Russ did it like beautifully. So what a, what a special memory. But now we look at it and we're like, we're cheering for different teams from different countries in a big way, it represents a transition from basketball being, you know, I don't know. It's been happening for, I don't know, since probably in a big way since 92 Barcelona dream team. But, you know, we're seeing this international takeover. You look yeah. at the players who have won MVP last few years, um, you know, they're international. You look at the players that are all NBA every year, they're international. It's it's a huge thing, but also being at the center of the storm with, with the thunder, sure. we're cheering for some of the best teams in the world. And like, honestly, I'm not even going to watch team USA unless they face off against Canada or Australia, yeah. man. I, I got excited at uh, too cool. And I were having conversation in the comments. Um, and I got starting to think about, you know, everything that's happening and, um, the direction of this team. And it got me thinking like, Next year, we could have nine players representing countries. That's 70% of our team. That's crazy, man. Like, that's not including if, like, Isaiah Joe goes off and has a crazy season and they decide to put him on the the USA team or, you know, another player like that that goes off and and gets there. Because I think Usman Jane could be on the French team next year. Josh Giddy, Jack White, Mistich and Poku, right? Chet and J-Dub. You know, I mean, like we can go down the list. Like, there's so many guys that we have on this team that could be represented. Where are the Olympics? Uh oh, France, right? Somebody tell us. Paris. Are they? I I, I thought that's what I. Re- All right. This is so bad, dude. Twenty. I mean, it's going to be exciting. I'm really <laughs> pumped. I'm really pumped about the Olympics. Obviously, we're looking at one thing at a time. So FIBA's coming up, but. I was talking to my kids about it and they're like, where are the Olympics? And I didn't know. So um, I'm excited, dude. I think it's going to be really, really. um, Hey, George, the call in. Dave, we need to give a fresh call in info because I think the one that you gave me was a little bit different. So. All right. So let me go ahead and. uh, I think we need a fresh call. Figure that out there. Yeah, it's in France. 
this year, by the way. So that's exciting, man. I think we're gonna we're gonna be watching two years of international basketball back to back because of they crunched it together. Summer's yeah, gonna man. be busy. So okay, yeah. So the Philippines for the FIBA, Luani, that's right. But um, I'm I'm pumped. I'm man. pumped, bro. I'm excited too. This is this is kind of like where this team needs to be at, though. Is like the fact is is that when you're having this many, I mean, right now we have only a couple guys that representing, right? Right. Um, but the majority of these guys are going to be starting to represent in the uh, near future. So, all right, here comes George, guys. What's up, George? Mm-mm-mm. All right, George. What up? What up? What's nice to meet you, man. George. All right. Yeah. Finally caught me on my day off. Sweet. Hell yes. <laughs> All right. Nice shirt, so man. So are you going to be uh, watching any of this FIBA coming up? Uh, dude, I'm excited about FIBA. All right, man. What's, uh, what, what team is uh, the most exciting for you? Yeah, I'm going to be watching a lot. I get up at 4 o'clock every morning, so. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, dude. You mentioned that in the chat the other day. I was like, damn, dude, that's that's dedication right there, man. Grab life by for, the balls. Do you have <laughs> uh do you get up for any particular reason that early? Work? What? So I'm gonna be watching a lot of Australia. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I me too, man. I think the way Giddy's taking over Team Australia and they're kind of handing him the reins for the future is pretty exciting. Um I yeah. really I think he's going to take his NBA game to the next level based on this experience. So I'm with you. It's like with Shea, obviously he's the man, but we already know he's the man, but we're learning more about Giddy's game every game. Dude, Giddy and Jack White look really, really good together. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Jack White actually beats out somebody like uh, our Trey Mann or something like that off our roster. I, I've been talking he about... Looks good. Jack White for a long time. I the way that his ability is to not just attack the hole, but to know when to get to the hole. Um, and that's when somebody else is taking a shot. The offensive rebounding, um, his motor, man. That that's the thing that gets me is that you don't see a guy his size with the motor that he's got very often. And I I I really hope. I mean, we know that Jay Will and JRE and Poku, you know, they're in that that big man core group right there. Um, but I've been saying for a while, you got to watch out for Jack. I mean, yeah. Jack is going to, you know, steal someone's position really quickly if they're not careful. What yeah. his game, people say a lot of, of dunks, a lot of threes. Um, but one thing I've been noticing is like, he reminds me a lot of like, um, K rich, Kenny hustle, you know, like that commitment to all out basketball. And you can't have too many of those guys. You can't. You well, can. you got to switch our uh, Swiss army knife in that. And when you got, Andrew Wiggins and you got Jack White and then you got K Rich and then you got all the other Swiss Army knives that we got makes it yeah. complete positionless basketball and yep. it's just a nightmare for other teams. Yeah. Yeah. And you got you got Chet who can run point guard. You know, yeah. like I mean like I, I this is the structure of the team and the way that it was thought through by Sam Presti is is to me one of the most impressive jobs done by any GM ever. I mean and this team is still so young, so it's really hard to know exactly what this team's going to peak like, and that's exciting to me. And then you're yeah, going to see gonna Dort down the court. Go ahead, and then you're going to see Dort because Dort's going to be amazing from the corners this year because oh, yeah. all he's going to have is open shots from the corners. Everybody's going to be driving to the hoop, passing up the ball. He's going to be standing stationary because he's the one guy that people think they can leave open. 
and he's just going to drill it every time. You I think agree. I, that corner shot think, looks great. You think Dort can average 18 a game this year? Yeah, I think he's actually going to get more assists too. I think he's going to be more of a 15, 5, and 5 guy Ooh, with like the it. steals and assists just because he's got room to play with now because everybody else is going to be manned up. Man, wow. if, he did, yeah. if he did that and he consistently be- passed the ball as he attacked the hole, his lane would get empty. And you know he could be way more effective at that rim too. So man, if he could, if he did fifteen five and man, that would be sick. All right, here's Jared. He's going to join us here. Yo, but he he better because I'm telling you, Casey Wallace is going to be really good. Oh yeah, you, know, you got to watch out for for his Jared, game because George, he can George. shoot. What's up? What's up? What's up? What he can shoot guys? 40 percent coming in the league right away and only get better. That's my opinion about Casey's shot. I mean, it's one of the best yeah. shots I've seen entering the NBA in a long time. Like, it's pure. I agree. Well, I, I think the scary part is, is we're going to play 12 men deep. Mm. Yeah, every night. And then it's who that 12 guys will be will, will pop in and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And, George, you know, you're looking at the 12 men deep, but, like, I challenge, like, where is that line from 12 to 15, though? Uh, so, you know, like... It's going to be injuries thin, are going to play a factor in that because That's I think Poku is going to be just beastly after he comes back and he's stronger. Yeah. yeah. I don't think JRE is going to make the cut whatsoever. He's not even going to be with us. So you, you don't got think Poku so. and J will just locking up that second unit. You got Isaiah Joe that's going to be playing. You got Lindy Waters on the two way contract with Isaiah mm. and Sar. And you know, yep. they're going to be filling spot minutes when people are hurt. And so playing true. the G League uh, is just—it's scary to think exactly how deep we are right now. I man, I agree, and I think that as time goes on and we get more of a structure of what this team is going to be like, we'll find out exactly how deep this team is. Um, but I mean, even with the last three guys on our bench, the quote unquote last three guys on our bench, and then the three way guy or three way, the two way guys, you know, like those guys to me, like that's the where the money's at. You know, like it's it's those six guys right there that are going to make or break this team when it comes down to getting fifty plus wins. Because if That's those guys, point. you know, if those guys, those six guys, they can you know move in and out of that that lineup as guys get injured, as guys go out, as guys get rest, and they put up some great numbers. This team will look way way more efficient. So, what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared's buddy? back. What's up? What's up? All so, right. I'm excited. I'm thinking about what you're saying, George. I'm thinking about what you're saying, Dave, kind of combining it. And yeah, I mean, I think if we can run 12 deep and depending on who's injured, who's who's ready to go and all that, like that could be the difference maker. Like and that's something that no no pundit is talking about. You know what I mean, Jared? Like nobody's sitting there being like, oh, this team is 15 deep and they can withstand a few injuries because in the past we haven't been able to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about know, water and Isaiah and uh, Isaiah Joe, as well as Isaiah Sar, all started games for us last year that we won. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, right. When I went back and I watched some of the games or highlights from games early in the season and mid like December, I'm like, I can't remember that starting lineup actually starting. Like, <laughs> it's so hard to actually remember it. I'm like, I think. 
And we, I think that was like 11 games he won in a row, nine or nine or 11 games where he started and we won. It was, it was fun. 14. It was a nice run. 14. George got it. You know, and I mean, that's the thing, though, is that like coach did it when we needed it. <laughs> Didn't overuse it. And what did he say? Coach was like, if I was Aaron, I'd bring that up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coach, start me. <laughs> Dude, seriously, Coach D, though, the way that he has those guys, like I, I go back to I go back to this a lot. Coach D's first year coaching, right? He's got the guys and uh, uh, Darius Baisley, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. understand the play that Coach D called. It just doesn't understand what Coach D is try- trying to do. So Coach D calls timeout and gets in Baisley's face. Like, you need to listen to me. And you can see him just like the mouth, like you need to listen to me. And Baisley just snaps back and gets right in his face, right? And, like, you could see this moment, right? And you're like, holy cow, what's coach going to do? You know, because, like, here's this kid that just challenged him as the coach. And you know what he did? He ignored him and went to the next situation because he knew that there was nothing that could be done at that very moment. He didn't bench him. He didn't do anything else like that. He knew that there was the, the teaching moment wasn't there, and there was no reason to sit there and try to teach him. And I sat there, and I'm in like, Man, as a 30-year-old man, like, could I have done that with anybody? Now's not the time. I got to move on. I'll talk to you at practice. You know? And it was this maturity by Coach D that I just sat there and watched. I was like, holy cow. Like, here he is, is in in, in a way, like a disciple of these young men saying, this is the way you need to live your life. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to do everything. And everybody's watching him because he's doing the same thing. And And he's making sure these young men understand that leading and or following and leading are, are, you know, go hand in hand. You know, Shea was a follower before he became a leader, you know, and, and you can go through every single one of these guys. And that's why I have a hard time when, you know, we say stuff, uh, and I've said it like multiple times on the show that JRE won't make this team next year because JRE is one of the leaders on the team. Yeah. You know, and like, if you've outgrown a leader on your team, I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, that is amazing because as time goes on, you're like, okay, well, JRE is great. He called every single rookie we had and welcomed him into the league. But now there's a time that we don't need him right now. So somebody else has got to step up. So, you know, and it's Baisley was a leader too, though. There you go. He was. Um, Yeah, he was one of the original guys back, you know, going back to the Chris Paul team. But my question about JRE, right? I know you guys probably remember, like, his rookie year, he played really well. Like, the first half of his rookie year, he played it great. The second half, he played a different style, shot more threes, played more perimeter-oriented. And then the injury kind of threw him off, and he hasn't really been able to, like, reclaim that. Um, Do you think, yeah, confidence, but also, like, like his decision-making kind of regressed. So is that what you're kind of seeing, George, when you said you think maybe he's not going to stick around? Well, they drafted J-Will to be the competition for JRE because they're identical. And mm. then J-Will blew him out of the water, no, not just with his playing, but with his maturity, his understanding of the game, his IQ. You know, he could do everything on the floor that JRE can do, only 10 times better. So mm. he kind of just right. replaced him, and JRE lost his spot, his confidence, he got hurt, and now he doesn't even have a spot to go back to. Hmm. Well, I, lo- I, I love the guy, you know, I know. so it's, we always get emotionally attached to it. But you're, as a player, I think you're, you're pointing to some really logical stuff. Even though I, I don't want to see JRE go. 
I don't, mm-hmm. but you said it the best. And I mean, when a player gets played out, outplayed by another player in the system, you can't hold on to that old player. I'm just, I'm sorry. You can't, you've got to move on. You got to move on quickly because if you don't and you hold on to these players, then all of a sudden your team is full of these guys that you've fallen in love with rather than putting the, what the, the team needs first. Right. You know, like, I, I'm sorry, JRE versus Jack White. I'm picking Jack White every single time. And that's no disrespect to JRE. It's just because Jack White f- fulfills our needs way more than JRE at that position because we have J Will, like George said. What up, Joey? What up? Go ahead, Jared. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, the one thing that I liked about the one thing I liked about the NBA, what they did was they passed a law that we were allowed to pay our veteran if he was in the league for ten years on our team, same team, a ten million dollar a year bonus without costing anything extra to the the organization. So if you looked at his, yeah, uh, it was uh, no, it was. Um, okay, so there was this thing that they were trying to get guys to want to stay in the same team. All right, so it was right around Collison. He had spent 11 years or 10 years of the, the, the team, and then they gave him this bonus. Um, um, Sam Presti gave him the bonus of $10 million, and it was like you stayed on the team, same team. So everybody looked at his contract. like, oh, he's getting overpaid. Well, sure, but you know what he did and what he brought to the team was you know, unparalleled at that time. And if you look at the idea of, of if we, all we had was JR, JRE on this team that was a leader like that, then I would say we got to keep him. But you look at these other players, you look at K. Rich, you know, you look at um, um, Keontae, um, um, I think he's amazing. You know, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be taking some um, time up there. I think you've got guys like that are quiet leaders like Isaiah Joe and um, Jay Will. Like this team is designed on so many levels to have leaders. And we've talked about it before is, you know, if you have an, a guy that's a, a partier on your team, right, and then you have a guy that's uh, uh, going to cost you a million dollars a year to keep from anybody else that's going to party you know like but the thing is is this team is full of those guys that aren't willing to party they're not willing to go out they're not willing to take this time and say oh well i'm going to go have blank and blank and blank and then i'm going to be out for three weeks because i'm going to let my body re- you know heal like that's not what this team is doing you know like this team is so focused on making sure that every single action and every single thing that they do is going to benefit in the games and it benefit um, um, practice benefit game time benefit life outside of practice and that's what's so impressive about this you know like we could have picked some players that are truly spectacular on this um, team but if you look at why Sam Presti didn't pick them and then everybody's starting to realize that high character matters professional habits matter you know like think about it Shay, Josh Giddy, Dort I mean these guys J-Dub Chet these guys are working thousands of hours off season just to get to that point where they can be better for next year. How many guys are doing that in the league still? Well, you know what else is special? Presti stayed yeah. in-house. So Eric Maynard came mm. over, right? He was part of the Westbrook thing and, you know, Katie and Abaka and all that. Yep. He's a s- assistant coach on the bench now. Andre Roberson is a defensive coordinator with the blue. <laughs> And wow. playing with him. He played with him last year and uh, last two seasons before that. So keeping everything in-house. And that leads me to think that Dort's going to be the next Collison. Hmm. 
I like that. I mean, if Dort was next Collison, I feel like $20 million a year for him would be, you know, equivalent. Um, I like that, dude. Dort, Dort is the heart of the team. I, I really hope that as things transition, and I, I do believe that Dort's um, um, starting job will be challenged in the next 18 months. Um, and I'm really interested to see how he's going to be able to pull himself out of that because if he pulls himself out of that and gets better this season and he makes it a thing where he's not going to give up his starting position and he puts a stamp of approval on the season, then we're sitting in a position where, you know, our starting lineup is set for the next five, six years. And that's just crazy in my mind. Yeah. Which makes me think that Trey Mann is completely expendable. I've been coming to that conclusion too. Um, with Mistich? I, but, I, I, yeah. Well, while Dort could maybe fill that um, Collison lane, right? I think yeah. the size of his contract, is it is pretty big for that, that role. And my question is, is there a chance, because I keep saying this a lot, so I, I like it when people tell me I'm wrong, but you think there's a chance that Case and Wallace could outplay Dort and make it so Dort is expendable? I wouldn't say expendable, though. Maybe expendable in the starting role, but not expendable okay. in the locker room. Yeah, that's where the Collison thing comes in. Because hmm. Dort, his ability to teach all those kids how to play better defense when they listen. You know, he learned from Roberson. He was down in the blue when Roberson taught him the defense. He brought it up hmm. to the league, and now he's teaching the guys that he plays with. So I think it's just a, a ball rolling downhill with that. Good point, good point. Yeah, I agree. All right, here's a question from uh, Joey. Uh, Joey has a question about Poku. Um, when he's playing well, do you ever see glimpses of the modern Tony Kukoc? What do you guys think? I had think? it until you mentioned it, Joey, but now that you did, I'm going to think about it, and I think I can see that. That's, that's dope. Oh, old Seattle yeah, Supersonic. Yeah, man. I, I love yeah. it. I, I like any of those type of old guys that you can throw out there, man. Hell yeah, dude. What was it about Poku's game before he got hurt that was so incredible? It was just... um, He, he finally figured out how to play... Go ahead, Jared. Defense. And his fluidity. He just was like... He just found a way to play within himself. And it was like, yeah, he, he would block shots fluidly. He would run the court fluidly. He would right. he stopped trying to do too many things. And it, all of a sudden, he was just like, it, it was beautiful. It was one of the best runs I've seen by a player his age. And obviously, he's had trouble staying healthy. But, man, I'm pumped up about getting Poco back up there. They did that expose on him uh, with the team, Royce Young on Poco. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I haven't seen that. Right before he got hurt, they, he was playing Denver, and he locked Jokic down. Oh, yeah. He just completely locked him down. He, Jokic couldn't pass the ball. He couldn't shoot the ball. Couldn't get the three off. Couldn't drive to the lane. Nothing. And that's, and Poku said it's all the lower body strength that he built up, plus all the film and IQ that he's built up watching Jokic and the other bigs in the game. I that's it, man. Whatever that's gets what, the job done. I, I awkward but effective. I feel like that's like my my middle name. Um, 
All right. Anyways, uh, man, I, I really appreciate everybody. Uh, George and Jared, stay on here. Uh, we're going to make sure we get you uploaded. But Joey, everybody else, I really appreciate Moani, uh, Unk, you guys stopping by. Uh, we will talk to you guys later. Tomorrow morning, we'll be here at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern to watch the game. So I hope you guys join us. Thanks, Unk. Thanks, Thanks, Joey. Thanks, guys. Moani. <laughs> We still live, Dave. Stopping slowly here. Stopping.